So in both of the passages that we read today, there, the difference between the baptism of John and the baptism of Jesus is highlighted. And John himself describes the difference. John baptizes with water of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus baptizes with fire and the Holy Spirit. John's baptism is missing something. It's incomplete. Now in the passage in Acts, just before what was read, we hear of Apollos, who's an eloquent preacher, who has a large following, but something is missing in his preaching. Two early leaders in the church, Priscilla and Aquila, call him aside, and I love how the scripture says this, and expound to him the word of God more accurately. You, know, you don't quite have it right. It's not quite thorough, Apollos. Gently, they say, here's what the word of God is more accurately. John's baptism and Apollos' bap preaching are good as far as they go, but they don't go far enough. They're not complete. Uh, and we encounter this, things as good as far as they go, frequently. Um, Susan might urge me to clean the house on Saturday, and I'll say, sure. And I shake the rugs, and that's all I do. And she comes to me and says, John, that was good as far as it went, but you didn't go far enough. You didn't vacuum, you didn't dust. You know, we might look at, at legislation in Congress and say, that stimulus bill is good as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. An apology might be good as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. Charity. It's good to give food to the poor, but it doesn't go far enough. There should be justice for the poor. Voting is good as far as it goes for citizenship. But citizens need to be responsible and care for their neighbors and care for their neighborhood and care for their communities. So, with John's baptism, repentance for sins is good as far as it goes. I mean, I need to turn around. I need to get on the right track. As Augustine says, you run well, but off the track. I need to reorient my life. Now, the problem with John's baptism is that it leaves me on my own. I can rely only on myself. You know, I'm left with, I'm left with my inadequacy. You know, I know that I fall short. And what can I do about it? Repenting doesn't always work. I feel guilty. I feel shame. Sometimes repentance for the forgiveness of sins actually makes me feel worse. Some people have enough religion to be miserable. 
but not enough to be joyful. Some have enough religion to be fearful, but not enough to be peaceful. Some people have enough religion to be judgmental, but not enough to be compassionate. John Wesley wrote a sermon um, called The Almost Christian. And it really was taking on this notion of it's as good as far as it goes, but it doesn't go far enough. He goes into quite a bit of detail in what is the almost Christian. It kind of intimidates me, actually. The almost Christian is not unjust, does not rob her neighbor, does not oppress the poor. The almost Christian does not extort, cheat, or defraud. Almost Christian does not lie, slander, or accuse falsely. The almost Christian feeds the hungry and clothes the naked. She keeps the outward forms of godliness, to use Wesley's language. She avoids adultery. She avoids avoids swearing and gossip and evil speaking and backbiting. Forgoes drunkenness and gluttony. Does not return evil for evil. Does not scoff or brawl. The almost Christian suffers for the profit of many, comforts the afflicted, and challenges the comfortable. She frequents the house of God, is not showy or ostentatious, and has a real desire to serve God. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. Um, I would prefer this almost Christian to be my neighbor. And I'm sure my neighbors would prefer that I was almost Christian. And Wesley is very detailed as he goes through the almost Christian. I mean, it's really a good person. And he says what he's doing here is really just describing himself before he had the experience of his heart being strangely warm. And I think he's describing many people we know, maybe ourselves. It's good as far as it goes, but there's something missing. Wesley says he wasn't an altogether Christian. For him, the altogether Christian is animated by the Spirit, is alive in the Spirit, has the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and what is missing is spirit. You can do all the stuff that Wesley lists. But there's not necessarily spirit in it. There's not necessarily energy and life. It's more inward. It's motivated by love. Not by rules. Not by duty. Not by what one has to do but by love. It's what one does naturally. It's what one wants to do. 
I think so often it's not natural for me. It doesn't just flow. The altogether Christian genuinely loves God and is united to God, cares about God. The altogether Christian genuinely loves her neighbor and is united to her neighbor and genuinely cares. Her heart is in it. Her heart has been changed by spirit. Mark Twain used to talk about people who knew the words, but not the music. We know the words, but it's the music that gives it life and energy and brings us alive. The Spirit brings joy and peace. Now Wesley says, the love of God is shed abroad in the heart of the altogether Christian by the Spirit. <laughs> is shed abroad. It's given to the person and it permeates all of his life. It isn't just in his head. It's in his heart and in his body and in his soul. Love of God. Love for God. They think of God first. They think of neighbor first. Love is what is present in their relationships. Now the phrase love of God can have one of two meanings and it can be both. It's not just love for God, my love of God. It's also God's love for me. And Wesley says that's what's shed abroad in one's heart. God's love for me. The altogether Christian knows God's love for her and feels God's love for her. It's shed abroad throughout her life. The altogether Christian knows God's love for her neighbor. It's shed abroad through her life. As I was working on this sermon, thinking about love and me and God, I thought of four stages of love. The first stage is I love me for my sake. I think about myself. I think about myself primarily. My neighbor and others and God are not really issues. I love me for my sake. The second love is love God for my sake. How can God help me? What can I get out of God? How can I use God? How can I, I manipulate God for my ends? 
The third love is love God for God's sake. Think of God first. What does God want? What does God care about? And the fourth is, and this might be the hardest, is love me for God's sake. Have you ever given somebody a present and they don't seem to care? You know, your joy in giving is incomplete until that person accepts what you're giving them. You know, as the Supreme sang years ago, unrequited love's a bore. Love me for God's sake. Bring joy to God by loving me, myself. Letting God's love be shed abroad in my heart. You know, what attracted me to Christianity was the joy that I experienced in an altogether Christian. I was, in, I was doing good work. I was being a good guy. This person was doing the same stuff, but he had a joy in his life. And I asked him, you know, why are you joyful? And he talked about the Spirit. And I thought, I want that. I want to, who doesn't want to have joy? Who doesn't want to have peace? Who doesn't want their life completed? And I realized what was missing what was making me an almost Christian, but not an altogether Christian, was the Spirit. And that's what's missing in John's baptism. So how do you receive it? How do you receive the Spirit? Well, the sermon's gone on long enough, but the first step is to know something's missing. Sometimes people think they've got it all together, and maybe they do. But many of us know that there's something missing. And acknowledge that something's missing. And then to ask for what's missing. <laughs> if we don't know what's missing, we won't ask for it and we won't be open for it. The almost Christian and the altogether Christian. The almost Christian is partially alive. But you know, when you're partially alive, part of you isn't. And the altogether Christian is fully alive. Fully joyful, fully loving, fully compassionate. Think of your life as a jigsaw puzzle. And you're putting, you put the puzzle together and you're really doing a good job at it. And you get to the end and there's a piece missing. God, it's frustrating. There's a piece missing, and you look everywhere, and you can't find the missing piece. And you ask for help, and somebody comes along and helps you look and says, here's the missing piece. And they put it in, and your picture is complete. God comes along and says, here's the piece that's missing. Here. Here. Put it in your life. Receive it. 
And now the picture of your life is complete. Richard Rohr writes a lot about baptism. And when he writes about the baptism um, that, that we read about, we heard about in Mark's gospel, where the heavens open and, and say, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Rohr calls that the look of love. That God has looked upon Jesus and loved him. He says that in life we have that experience where someone looks on us in love. And it changes our life knowing that we've been seen in love. It could be a lover who looks at us that way. It could be a parent. It could be a child. It could be a grandparent. It could be a minister. It could be a teacher. But we've gotten the look of love, and it stays with us for our life. Because we know we've been loved, and that memory stays with us. That's what happens to the altogether Christian. The picture is complete. They've been looked on with love. May we be open to God's completing our puzzle. May it be so. Amen.